You're listening to From Fear to Love. I'm your host, Alma Lee. It's funny, in uh, grad school, when I was working on my Master's of Social Work, that I had an enormous amount of personal learning and evolution of self that I had to go through. And one of those experiences was um, in regards to my own listening style and my own communication style. Man, (laughs) I was humbled. I was really humbled in learning active listening techniques in grad school. And the reason why is because I thought that I was a great communicator, right? I, I thought that my ability to interact and interject ideas into a conversation with other people was, was good. It was, it was productive. I mean, if somebody were to tell me a story, I immediately had something to say in response to that story as a means of connection, or so I thought. So what I want to talk about today is to discuss why that's problematic, and also to understand and help communicate the benefits of just being present. Being present. Uh, people, people like me, like that are actively engaged in helping other people by delivering information, teaching, skills, therapy. I have always wanted to increase the joy, the happiness of those around me. So it was a difficult, it was a bitter pill for me to swallow when I realized that my communication style was problematic. And the reason it was problematic was because, and I didn't mean to do it, but I was doing it. And that was the comparison style. You know, those people that you talk to when you, you tell, you tell them a story, you share your experiences or your narrative, or maybe a problem that you're having. And that person's either always trying to, um, inquire as to, well, did you try this or did you do that? It's insulting. We don't mean for it to be, but it is. And then on top of it, maybe you one up, like somebody tells you a story about an accomplishment that they have achieved and they want to share that with you. And, you know, that person on the other end, the other person listening to the conversation that's participating might say, oh, really, you did that? Well, you know what? Back in 1990, I did that too, but I went this far. That's really great that you achieved that, but, you know, you know, I did this. And it just really, it really derails the conversation. It takes the, it takes the focus off the original intent. And let's talk about it. Let's dig into it. And, and understanding why these features are problematic, we we communicate. We we communicate because we desire connection, right? And I think a lot of us, I know I know it's true for me. I think a lot of us don't sit with our thoughts and feelings about how we want to be received in those connections. We just kind of fly by the seat of our pants, kind of like the way that I manage this podcast. <laughs> but in all honesty, we you know, we need to stop and think about how we are connecting and what is it about our communication style can be improved upon. How can we do better? How can we empathize and show compassion to the people that are wanting our time and attention? I have, I've been, you know, I've been guilty of it myself. Someone comes to me with a problem and as a therapist, you know, if you know, you know, and someone will present 
an issue to me. And in my mind, my wheels automatically start to spin and I'll hear them talk about something and I'll think, hmm, well, I can say this to them and that can fix it. That can change everything. But maybe that's not what they need. Maybe they don't need you to tell them, well, if you, would, if you do this from now on, you won't have that problem. The thing is, and this is, this is something that I've learned that I want to share with you, is when you're having a, 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 an opportunity, that's what it is. It's an opportunity. When someone shares their narrative with you, you have an opportunity to really engage and connect in a way that makes that person feel supported, heard, loved even. If it's a, if it's a close you know, loved one, a personal friend, uh, a partner, and you really want that person to understand that you're there for them, a lot of times that just encompasses you being present and nothing more. You really don't have to push your own narrative into it at all. Just by your presence and your willingness to hold space for whatever it is that person's telling you can often be just what they need. You know, if uh, someone comes to you about a problem or an experience, our knee-jerk go-to, especially when it's somebody that we love, is to offer suggestions on how to fix it. And, you know, you got to temper that with a little bit of critical thought because you have to understand what is it that this person needs right here in this moment. If somebody comes to you and says, well, you know, I press the brakes on my car at the red light and every time I do, the car shakes. That might be, you know, more appropriate to say, well, have you had your rotors checked lately? It sounds like that's a rotor issue. Have you taken it here to, to get your rotors checked? That's a more logical assessment. But if somebody comes to you and says, you know, I spoke to my mom the other day and, you know, our relationship really hasn't improved over the years and, you know, she, she keeps doing this and she keeps saying that, or, you know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a, it's an ex-spouse that, you know, that they're talking about and they're trying to just share their frustration in um, co-parenting issues, perhaps. In those particular situations, it might be more appropriate. And, to, you know, ask the question. This is always appropriate. Ask the question. Do you need me to hold space for you or do you want me to make suggestions and, and help you work through this problem? Can you define what you need right now from me? I think that's always appropriate because it, it lets that person who's telling you and sharing their narrative that you care about how your response makes them feel. That in and of itself is hugely beneficial to creating the connections that we seek to to facilitate and, and to foster. Um, yeah, that was a bitter pill for me to swallow in grad school because I learned some really problematic features of my communication style. And, and it's funny because when I think back on it now, I have to be mindful about any shame attached to it because it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to think that I used to connect with people as a one-upper and I used to connect with people as oh, really, that happened to you? Well, that happened to me too. I mean, how deflating is it when someone shares an experience with you and in your mind you're thinking, yeah, I did that too. Let me tell them I did that too. 
That's not what they're, they're just trying to share with you their own experience. And if we are being genuine and critical in our thinking process, we can come to the conclusion that despite the fact that we may have experienced something very similar, their experience is unique. No matter, you know, they went, um, they went on an excursion or they went on a cruise and they want to tell you about it. Maybe you went on a cruise too, but your experience and their experience are not the same thing. So it's, you know, it's, it's important to just hold space. We don't always have to fix things and we don't always have to one up or compare. And that's, that's what I want to talk about today is to challenge you, the listener, um, the, uh, the other party in these conversations to really step up your listening game. That's what I think we all need. Nothing will make a person feel more supported and heard when they have the safety of a connection with a friend, a colleague, coworker, a loved one, to know that when they can call them up and say, you know, this is what happened with me today on that. You remember I was telling you that such and such had this and such and such was going to do this. Well, this is what really happened. Let me share this with you. And to have the opportunity to process openly with a friend your experiences is enough most of the time. It's enough. It's enough to know that the person receiving your narrative sees you, hears you, wants to connect with you, appreciates what you're saying, and doesn't try to segue or you know, derail the conversation by interjecting with their own storyline, which is what I used to do. But this is an opportunity for all of us to improve. A lot of what I do in my client work is active listening. It's real. I mean, well, it's, it's easy in theory, but it's really, it's not easy, especially once you catch yourself. Because when you pay attention, when you go into a conversation with someone and you are deliberate in your intent to pay attention to what that person is saying, you will, by default, become keenly aware of the thought process that goes on in your brain because you're putting a break, you're, you're putting the brakes to it. You're not engaging. That is when you start paying attention to how your brain works and your thought processes in those situations. At least for me, that is how I learned that my communication style was problematic. And I can see why people wouldn't want to talk to me, my friends mostly, but why they wouldn't want to share with me because I was seen as a one-upper. And the interesting thing is, is this, and if you're a one-upper, keep this in mind. It doesn't mean that you're being a jerk or you're being intentional. Most people who one-up and most people who do these, you know, oh yeah, well you did that, hey, I did that too. It is an intention most of the time to build connection because through comparison. You, you want to connect with that person. You want that person to know that you understand, right? So when someone shares their narrative with you and you've experienced something really similar, it can be very tempting to say, yeah, you know what? Well, you told me about that, but did you know that I went through something like that too? Yeah. You know, Again, critical thinking here. You really have to know the person you're talking to. You really have to understand what are the limits here. What's the familiarity? How long have I known this person? What does this person assume about me? And if I act like this, is this going to erode this connection? Am I being insensitive? Am I being um, 
flippant? Am I being um, just kind of disconnected in trying to challenge that person by, you know, well, hey, now listen to me. I listen to you. Now listen to me. Active listening and then asking questions about what that person is saying to you facilitates a, a strengthening in that connection. It lets that person know that you care about them because you are focused on them without taking your own experiences and interjecting those. I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm saying that it's important to consider. It's important for us to think more critically about how we are interacting with those around us. More often than not, when somebody shares a problem with you, they really just need you to hold space for them because people are not going to come to you and, and talk about um, really heavy subject topics like uh, grief, the loss of a loved one, sharing their feelings about losing somebody that they love. There's no way that you can fix that. You know that. But yet we still try, don't we? <laughs> we still want to take away the pain. When somebody shares their pain with us, we don't want them to hurt. We never want that. We want whatever they're going through right now to go away. And we want to be able to help them through that. That's where a lot of this comes from. It doesn't mean that you're trying to derail the conversation into your own space. But, I mean, that can happen too. But for the most part, we just want to fix it. We just want to fix it. But keep in mind, you got to put the shoe on the other foot. Think about yourself in that same situation. And you're hurting and you know that nobody can fix it. You know that already. But it's important to just have the safety of someone listening to how you're feeling. That, my friends, is so powerful. That is extremely powerful to know that the person that you're sharing, whatever it is you're dealing with, cares about you and cares that you feel heard. That is one of the biggest lessons that I learned about my communication style in grad school that I needed to remedy. And that's what I did. And I, you know something? I still struggle with it. It's still a struggle for me because while it is a pretty streamlined process for me in my work, I still catch myself doing it in my personal relationships. So I, I have to volunteer that from a place of authenticity to let you know that it is not something that happens overnight, but it is something that can happen. And it is something that's worth looking into to see are you listening? Are you genuinely listening when you are connecting with a loved one? It will make you not only look a different way to the people who choose to share with you, you will be seen as a valuable person. Your, your listening style will be seen as a commodity. And of course, you know, there's a downside to that because everybody wants to talk to you, right? <laughs> but... And that, that comes with, you know, with measure, um, that comes with moderating your time well and understanding where your energy should be uh, utilized. But yeah, we, we want to help. We want to share. We want to connect. And it's a dance. It's something that is unique to the particulars of the connection that you have with whoever you're talking with. So if it's somebody that you are really intimately familiar with, you could probably get away with a lot more just because that person is already secure in the relationship and knows that if you interject with something, it won't be seen as a condemnation or 
well, this person doesn't care about me. No, they know. And you, you understand that that's how your, uh, your connection goes. And, but you can still improve on it. You can still hold space. You can still be present. You can still be quiet and contemplative and allowing that person to have the time that they need in order to process openly. Sometimes they, sometimes people just need their, their hand held. Did you ever try to talk to somebody about something that you knew damn well? They couldn't fix it, but you just needed to say it out loud. And that person, through their behavior, made you feel heard. That's hugely powerful. And that's what I wanted to talk about with you today is just be mindful. Be mindful. And I would, I would challenge you, the takeaway from this episode, is to ask yourself, am I a one-upper? Do I compare storylines when somebody tells me something that they've been through, you know, um, loss of a pet, you know, well, yeah, I lost my, you know, my pet passed away and they share that story with somebody. It can be, um, it can make you feel like, yeah, I went through that too. And your attempt is to connect, but what the other person hears is that, well, I went through it, you know, yeah, I went through it too. And it makes that person feel like they didn't really say much because their pain is their pain and your pain is your pain. And those are two different narratives and they shouldn't compete. And I think it's important to be mindful of who you're talking to and understanding what is it that they need. And maybe you don't know, maybe you don't know what they need. It's important to ask and ask them, do you want me to make suggestions or do you just need to be heard right now? Because I'm willing to do either. I just need you to let me know what you need. Active listening. It's so simple. And yet we we fumble it. (laughs) I know I have. But it's so simple to be present. It's so simple to give your undivided, undiluted attention to someone when they're talking and speaking to you. It's so critical. And it just absolutely increases your value in that person's eyes on the connection point. So... That would be what I would recommend is just consider your communication style, your listening style. How are you actively engaged in those connection points? And it's a practice. Keep in mind, it's not going to happen overnight. So just remember, listen without judgment. That is the last thing that I will leave you with. Judgment is a huge problem. It's a huge breakdown. It's also something that we have a tendency to knee-jerk into as adults. Um, as human beings, is we will place judgment harshly on somebody. We, we might say, well, why'd you do that? Well, you know, well, now you know better, you know. Well, maybe next time, you know. Well, if you could do better, then you wouldn't have those problems. You know, granted, you might feel very strongly about what they're saying, and maybe you really truly believe that they need a dose of the truth. But again, you got to lean into that critical thinking. Judgment, there's a time and a place. There is a time and a place, and I am, I'll be the first person to say that, you know, there's a benefit to having somebody sort of kick your ass a little bit to kind of shake you loose out of poor behaviors and poor mindset, but just be careful about how you're doing that, and ask questions, communicate clearly, be present, and no judgment. All right, guys. From fear to love, this has been an LBM production. Please like, subscribe, and share this show. Thanks for listening. <laughs>